three, two, one. Welcome to Legalish. This is going to be the California Recall Explained Edition. I am Brian Lynch, and I'm here with... Sean Lynch. And we are attorneys at Lynch LLP. We are a intellectual property firm in Southern California, which is why we're definitely going to talk about election law. Exactly. Yeah. Um, California is in the news right now. We have an election, a recall election happening right now. People are returning ballots. Um if you live in California, please do remember to turn in your ballots because your ballot does count. Uh, and we will explain why it counts here because it counts in a way that's kind of unusual um, or at least potentially unusual. Um, just as a quick reminder, you have until 8 p.m. September 14th to return your ballot. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the recall process, its recent history with the governator. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, super, super good impression right there. Yes. You really crushed it. <laughs> I'm very, very good at impressions. <laughs> I, I probably won't do that again. <laughs> you should see his arms moving when he talks, too. It's great. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, about the recall process, but something to keep in the back of your head is that California also has a uh, it, it's a voter proposition thing. So we have this weird quirk here in our state where voters can change the constitution to the state at will. And it, sometimes it works out for good things, uh, like for redistricting. Um, we, we basically have this nonpartisan group of randos that just get picked out and they will draw the electoral map instead of having you know some politically interested party do it to favor themselves and gerrymander the heck out of it. Um, but we also do it for crazy people reasons. Um, <laughs> Like, for example, one time we got really mad at Citizens United, so we passed Proposition 59 with overwhelming support. How weird. The citizens of California, a very blue state, wanted to get rid of Citizens United. A yeah. Supreme Court case? Yeah, so we basically told, we, we the people of California put it in our constitution that we should tell the Supreme Court of the United States to stuff it. Oh uh, yeah, we rolled up our newspapers and batted them on the noses. <laughs> yeah, they really, uh, really uh, took, took it seriously. Anyway, uh, so yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. It's going to come up later. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about how the recall process works. Um, so, Gavin Newsom is our current is the current governor of California. He uh, replaced Jerry Brown, an outgoing governor who was very popular. He, he was lieutenant governor for Jerry. He Brown, was right? lieutenant so governor. Really, kind of a continuation of uh, administrations in a way. Yes. So he wins with sixty two percent of the votes, which is actually the largest margin of victory for a non incumbent since nineteen thirty, and the largest margin of victory since Earl Warren in nineteen fifty. And the handsomest governor since probably Schwarzenegger. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's a handsome governor look like? <laughs> Gavin Newsom. We have one. Newsom or, or Schwarzenegger. I, I don't know. know. He, well, Newsom gets a lot of flack in the press for being too beautiful. Does he really? Oh yeah, it's a crime. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't know. Got Brian. Got TMZ more often. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so anyway, he mops the floor with his opponents, like just absolutely like wrecks him, uh, and. <laughs> So now he's in danger of losing his seat, and a lot of people are wondering, like, why is that? If he if he was so popular and he crushed this person so if, if he crushed his opponent so bad in the general, why is he getting recalled? Is it because of COVID? Is it because of all these things? Is it because of blah blah blah? Um, and really, the answer kind of lies in, like why is his seat threatened? And the answer lies in the structure of the recall process, and it's it's funky and it's a con constitutional issue too. 
So he needs 50% plus one to stay in. Uh, Wait, why, why don't we say what the ballot looks like first so everyone has an idea. For anybody who hasn't looked at their ballot yet, there are two questions. There's well, a question, should he be recalled, yes, no. And then there's a whole bunch of people listed after that that you get to select from. So that first question is what Brian's talking about with that 50%. He has to get at least half of voters plus one to say, yeah, we want him to remain in office. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, I mean, we also have a lot of listeners that are in other countries too, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of my subscribers are from like Eastern my Europe. My world is small, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're also explaining to like some dude in like Poland right now, like why our recall process is the way it, way it is. <laughs> and I'm sure he's probably scratching his head like the fuck. <laughs> Uh, and he's probably going to scratch his head even more because 50, 50% plus one to stay in, uh, that's the way he keeps his seat. But if he loses that question, he's out. He's done. Uh, that's the ball game. And then it goes to who got the most votes out of like like a few dozen candidates uh, that are on the ballot. And it's like kind of a clown car, nobody's. Uh, but basically... You know, Gavin Newsom could get 49.9999% of the vote, lose, and then somebody else could get, say, 20% of the vote and win. <laughs> or less. I mean, or, yeah. or even less. So, in effect, second place can win in California, which is bizarre. It's kind of antithetical to the entire concept of a democracy where the first place winner is the person that you want in charge. Because if you think about this as uh, all those votes to keep Newsom in in office as being votes for Newsom, then you you do end up with some weird uh, second place takes it uh, outcome. Yeah. Um, so it's actually kind of a constitutional issue, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you're probably also going to think about, because a lot of people, when they think about the California recall, they immediately think about Governor Schwarzenegger. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. So Let's uh, take you back. Yes. <laughs> We're going to go to our time machine back to 2003. We had just invaded Iraq. <laughs> Oh, God, we did, didn't we? <laughs> what a time to be alive. Uh, yeah, so uh, Governor Schwarzenegger ends up the governor through the recall process. And the way he got there was there was this guy, Gray Davis, who was the governor. Um, and <laughs> poor Gray Davis, uh, there were rolling blackouts going through California. And the power was being flipped on and off. And uh, the cost of energy was skyrocketing. And voters got angry oh yeah and this comes on the heels of a recession because the dot-com bubble had burst and so everyone's like what the hell gray davis fix our state and then the power starts browning out on top of that there had just been a gasoline tax implemented that people were pissed off about so gray davis just took everything right in the nose yes uh and the <laughs> the blackouts are caused by this company called you might have heard of them before Enron. <laughs> <laughs> really stand-up group of people. Yes, that Enron. Uh, so, yeah, these guys in Texas, California had uh, done this thing in the 90s where uh, it deregulated its uh, power grid. And so Enron <laughs> That's was... That's gone really well from Texas lately, too, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. So Enron, who's based out in Texas, is like, oh, all we have to do is flip their lights off, and then when they all go crazy, they'll pay more money and we'll jack the price of energy. You know what? They weren't wrong. No, they weren't. It goes up. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to read. So I'm going to read how like terrible they were about it. Because the, one of the phone calls gets recorded between these energy traders. And I'll just do a little dramatic reading of it. Uh, and they're talking about California. They're fucking taking all the money back from you guys. All the money you stole from those poor grandmothers in California. Yeah. Grandma Millie, man. She's the one who couldn't figure out how to fucking vote on a butterfly ballot. <laughs> 
Yeah, and now she wants her fucking money back for all the power you charged right up, jammed right up her ass for fucking two hundred and fifty dollars a megawatt hour. Yeah, they were really nice people. Yeah, no, they were <laughs> <laughs> terrible people. So Enron is playing games with the light switch, and uh, poor Gray Davis is the governor. And when the voters were looking around for somebody to blame, they're like, uh, "How about you? You're the guy that's going to pay for this." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so the recall comes in. And to get a recall instituted, you have to collect uh, 12% of the electorate's signatures saying, we want to do a recall. And then it happened then. I think that was the first time in California history that they actually collected the number of signatures required. And that, of course, triggered the great 2003 recall. And if we think we have a clown car of people now, look at the roster of people in 2003. There was a porn star. There was Gary Coleman. There was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, there, there was a, it was a real who's who of weirdos. Uh, yeah, I forgot that Gary Coleman ran. Gary Coleman, baby. Yeah, one of those old TV shows from the 80s, those old family TV shows. Golly. So, yeah, anyway, Davis gets 44% of the vote, so he's out. Um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger wins with a 48% plurality. Yeah, Schwarzenegger really had the cachet of coming in. And, I mean, you listen to some of his advertisements back then, and he really le- leaned into the Terminator thing. He was he has this one advertisement where he says, Gray Davis terminated our opportunity. Gray Davis terminated our futures. It's time to terminate Gray Davis. And yeah. like, how do you, how do you win against that? No, you, you, you don't. Can't. You, you just, just can't. Yeah, you can't win against <laughs> it. I mean, it was the perfect storm, and Arnold Schwarzenegger rode that wave straight in office. Your office of governor. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> All right, I promise I won't do it again. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the the so second place doesn't win in that one. First place wins in yeah. that race. So no constitutional weirdness. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is why you haven't heard of this problem where you know is it's a potential constitutional problem. Is the California recall process constitutional? And. Erwin Chemerinsky, uh, this uh, lauded uh, constitutional law scholar up at uh, UC Berkeley, um, he's he's the dean there, I think. Uh, he's he wrote my constitutional law book in law school. He wrote uh, he wrote all of our books. Yeah, he wrote, yeah. Basically, he's <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's like a titan, you know. Yeah, everybody looks at him. He's fantastic. He brought up this issue in the New York Times. He wrote a whole article about it, and he relies on these two cases. And he said in Westbury versus Sanders and Reynolds versus Sims. And he uses them to point out that if a minority is picking the winner, then the democratic system is broken. So if Newsom gets a plurality of the vote that's greater than any of his challengers and still, still ends up losing, then his voters are denied equal protection. Uh, and in the past, the Supreme Court has been pretty emphatic that it's the role of the judiciary to protect the democratic process, the principle of one person, one vote. And I think Chimerinsky's right here, right? I, yeah, from, from my perspective, it, it, I mean, it absolutely makes sense. I was very persuaded when I read that. Uh, if you end up with a system where the person getting the most votes, you say, take a hike, see you later, here's your bags, That's uh, that seems fundamentally anti-democratic. And we, we kind of want to strive for democracy, not the opposite. Yeah. Also, it's kind of like turning your office of governor into like a participation award. Like... <laughs> You, you got died. gold star. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you got really close, buddy. So you know what? You get to be the governor now. <laughs> like, I don't know. It seems uh, it's it's a it's a terrible system. It's a goofball system. It doesn't make any sense. We shouldn't do it. It seems yeah. unconstitutional. It's been around since 1911, and the original purpose was really to be able to break up power of these railroad companies. So I mean, even its original purpose has virtually no meaning or impact on modern California. It's a real vestige of a different time. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, let's talk about, <laughs> and here's where I'm going to add my own little flair to this conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about whether or not, so I think that Chimerinsky is right, but let's talk about whether or not a federal court will even listen to it. Ooh. Yeah, it's called Ooh. justiciability. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a big word for meaning uh, whether or not the court will listen to your bullshit. That's true. Yeah. Often they won't. They oftentimes <laughs> they will not. They want nothing to do with you. Uh, so... <laughs> A lot of times when the court, when a federal court decides they don't want to deal with uh, something like this, they say, well, it's a political question. So that's for somebody. It sounds like something for a legislature to deal with. And uh, one of the most recent cases that came up in 2019 was Rucho versus Common Cause, which is a North Carolina gerrymandering case where Jer- North Carolina gerrymandered the absolute bejesus out of the state. And uh, it gets all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court goes... Well, you know, if you don't want it gerrymandered like that, then the answer's at the ballot box. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you people who no longer have a voice in Congress, go ahead and vote for it. <laughs> yeah. The answer's at the ballot box to fix the thing that's preventing your vote from counting at the ballot box. Yeah. So it's it, so that's just kind of like this court's perspective on it. Um, and you're probably also now thinking, like, wait a minute. If there's something, like, called a political question, didn't the Supreme Court pick a president of the United States? Uh, yes, they did. Yes. So Bush versus Gore. <laughs> well, really, they just didn't want Florida to pick. So, like, you know what? Florida Supreme Court, we're stepping in. <laughs> we think Bush is the guy. Done. Case closed. Yeah. Don't uh, talk about it anymore. Bush v. Gore, don't cite it as precedent. Yeah. Ba- basically, the Supreme Court looked at it, and they're like, a whole state of Florida men are going to pick the president? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Obviously, I'm being facetious there. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, it's this like justiciability issue and this political question. And I think that this court in particular is kind of sensitive to like, well, we don't want to hear this kind of thing. And for Rucho versus Common Cause, they already said like, hey, your answer to the ballot box. But in California, it's even easier and like less like kind of insane to say like, hey, for a court to say, hey, you edit your constitution for better, better or for worse. You just write new crap into it all of the time. Like the citizens do it constantly. Oh yeah, I think we have like 500 something amendments to the California Constitution. We we really go ham with it. Yeah, it is bonkers, and we edit it with things that aren't applicable, that don't do anything, that are you know shaking their fist at angry clouds kind of situation. So it's very easy for the uh, for a federal court to basically point to California and just be like, hey. You wrote these crazy election rules. <laughs> You're welcome to fix it. You can fix it yourself. <laughs> so I think that that's something that will probably come up. Uh, and that is the California recall process explained. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty pretty much long and short of it. And so uh, in what's the date today? We're recording on the 12th, which means there are now two days left for people to turn in their votes. And then we find out what happens. Right now, it appears as if Gavin Newsom's ahead, uh, but really, you know, vote and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And also, I'll leave you with one like kind of uh, like kind of bonkers scenario that could come of this. Um, so if Newsom loses <laughs> and Larry Elder, who's uh, polling out in front, he's a, he's got a kind of a Trumpy Republican dude. Um, and we don't really need to get too into the weeds on like what he does or anything like that. This is just kind of a, a what if scenario. It's possible that Larry Elder could win with a plurality of the vote that's less than Gavin Newsom got. And he could... Uh, then potentially appoint a U.S. senator if Dianne Feinstein happens to die. She's 88 years old, I believe. Um, so it would actually flip the balance of the Senate completely. 
Uh, because the the sun is split on a knife edge. It is a real nightmare scenario. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we also have like a geriatric, a uh, few geriatric members on the Supreme Court. One of which is flirting with retiring. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 He's, he really, like, flirting is the right word. He just loves to flirt with retirement and not actually do it. Well, they all do. Like, I'm sure Scalia was flirting with retirement and so yeah. was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, Breyer's going to sit there for a while. One, one last thing about, um, you mentioned uh, Larry Elder and uh, the Dianne Feinstein potential nightmare scenario. Larry Elder came out and basically, uh, he said very explicitly, if I'm elected governor, and something happens to Senator Feinstein, I'm going to appoint a conservative Republican. Um, and so it's kind of interesting seeing those politics play out because he's essentially, in my view, writing an advertising campaign for Newsom because Newsom can't come out and say, hey, by the way, if that lady dies, I'm going to pick the replacement. Doesn't look good. Not a good look. So Larry Elder <laughs> came out and popped off and, hey, if that lady dies, I'll replace her. And Gavin gets to just point his finger and go, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, that's how uh, Larry Elder could pick a diehard Republican to represent a super blue state and then flip the balance of the Senate. You want Senator Nunes. (laughs) Buckle up. And then also potentially change the balance of the Supreme Court of the United States. But, you know, that's a lot of what-if statements. Um, Just throwing that out there is like an interesting quirk. Yeah, we're lawyers. We're supposed to think of the ways that things can go horribly wrong. Yeah. Or their job. Yeah. 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 And then <laughs> Team Meteor comes in. Ends yeah, they're this. probably not going to cancel your trademark, but they might. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of trademarks, we will hook you up with trademarks at Lynch LLP. Nice plug. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think that we should high five and stop here. It's a uh-huh. high point, right? Uh-huh. High five. All right. See you guys later. Check us out. Lynch LLP. Yep. See ya.